we're just going to praise tonight. Amen. Uh, God knows our needs. He knows what we need. And so we're not going to we're not going to open that way. We're going to open praising him. And I'm going to say a prayer of thanksgiving. Amen. Thank the Lord for all of his blessings. And then we're going to move right into praise and worship. And we're going to continue to praise the Lord. Lord God, we just thank you for all your blessings, Lord God. We know that you are the, the great I am, Lord God, and that you can provide us and will provide us with everything that we need, Lord God. And we just thank you for that. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, that he's going to move throughout this building here tonight, and he's going to touch hearts, touch lives, minister to each and every one of us. Lord God, we're here tonight to serve you. We're here tonight to love you. We're here tonight to honor you. We're here tonight to worship you, Lord God. And we're here tonight to offer the praises, sacrifice of praise and worship up to you. And we just ask that you just accept that and you just bless us here tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Lord, we thank you again for another opportunity that you've allowed us to gather together and worship you, to praise you. We thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives. We come into your courts today with thanksgiving. We come in here with praise. We ask for this offering to be blessed ten, a hundredfold, and that this money goes forth and it does what it needs to do for those people out there in countries that are are spreading the, the name of Jesus and spreading the gospel out there, Father. We pray that you bless them, anoint them, keep them, protect them, lead them, guide them, direct them, let your Holy Spirit empower them to bring your yes, great Lord. and mighty word across this world yes. Yes. so yes, that we can praise and usher you in everywhere we go, Lord. We pray that you bless this and anoint this uh, this offering tonight, Father, and we give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Mr. Sesame Street song. How's Rock Harbor Church tonight? When you come into God's house, excuse the way that I say this, but you got to come correct. Amen. You got to come correct. You know, when we're in worship service, and you feel, and it's different for everybody. Sometimes people feel something different. Sometimes they feel hair standing on their arms. They say, I can feel the presence of the Lord. Sometimes the Lord shows up with, you know, in different people's lives with conviction. They don't necessarily feel a presence. They feel conviction about sin or they feel conviction about themselves, about what they maybe uh, need to get right in their life. So I want to make something clear. When the Holy Spirit is here, he deserves total reverence. Amen. Amen. Total reverence. And so as we're in praise and worship and you feel the presence of the Lord, you know, you may not fully understand it. You may not even agree with it, but that doesn't matter. He deserves reverence because he's a king. Yes. Yes, yes he does. He's a king. Yeah. And I want to honor him when he's here. Amen. Now, I know, he's, I know he has the ability to be all places at all times. I get that. But it's such a privilege to have the presence here and, and to be able to, to talk with him and him talk with me. And I don't want to miss that opportunity. In, in, in the unpredictable world we live in, we may not get that, that chance again. So we need to take every opportunity that we have right here. God bless you guys. I love being able to be here. Let the kids Wait, be dismissed. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, we're going to do some prayer? Okay. Absolutely. So, all right, we're going to pray. We can, we need a we need prayer warriors in this place tonight. If you would stand with me, we're going to pray a prayer over these kids and God's will and God's hand. Agreed. Yes. Agreement. We know God can do anything, right? Amen. So we believe in tonight for God's hand in this situation. Father, we just pray it right now, Lord God, for Your mighty hand. We're praying over Your perfect will over this situation, Father. And God, we're asking your mighty hand, Lord, your wisdom, your knowledge, Father God, your understanding, God, above ours, God, far beyond us, Lord. 
Father, we pray an anointing upon this situation. We pray your hand in every segment of what these these kids are going through, Lord, and what they're dealing with. Father, and I just ask for peace in the situation with the parents, Father God, Lord, and, and with all the people involved in this, Father God. We ask peace, Lord. Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to be present. Father God, we ask you to be with the kids, Lord God. Be with them when they're awake, when they're asleep, Lord. We just ask for your anointing in this situation, Father. Thank you, God, that your will will be done in this situation, Father. And tonight, Lord God, we take authority over the enemy. We take authority over, and we bind the enemy. We bind the attack of the enemy that he may not have any part in this situation, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all for coming. Appreciate that. God bless you all. Thank you. Go ahead, kids. Be dismissed. I knew there was a good chance that when we dismissed the kids, we would lose a lot of our congregation. I'm thinking about only dismissing half, maybe. <laughs> we'll, and we'll just kind of, uh, we'll exchange them out from week to week. Oh, it's good to see everybody here. Be turning to the book of Psalms. remember, what I say you remember, I know you remember it. How many of you, I should ask it this way, how many of you have the, um, the footprints in your house, the, the footprints uh, story, you know, okay, most people, most of you do, I mean, and, and I don't know if we've got ours still or, or not, but um, I was thinking about this, and, and I'm going to tie this into something, something else. But the, yeah, I remember the story, and you know he's saying he had a, I guess a dream, and you know he said he noticed where there were two sets of footprints, and you know that was confirming that the Lord was always beside him, and 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 with him, and it brought him much comfort. And then he said, but there were times when I only seen one set of footprints, and you know it troubled him that he had only seen one set of footprints, and so obviously. At the end, he's you know the Lord speaks to him and, and tells him how much he loves him, and I love that I love that story, because it is it it is so telling about the Lord in our life. But the thing about it is that that I was really thinking about today was the the fact that he was troubled by the fact there was only one set of footprints, and I thought you know what I we're still I'm still like that today, troubled by the one set of footprints, and and remember you know you remember the story. He said, it was then that I carried you. I was carrying you. When you seen one set of footprints, you initially were troubled, but it was because you didn't fully understand what was actually going on and why you seen those one set of footprints. And I was thinking about this today, and I was thinking about, and I'm not going to get deep into this, and I don't want you to think I'm going in that direction. This is not a, I'm not talking or teaching about the country or anything that anything along those lines, but I do want to say that it's when you see one set of footprints that I carried you. And I thought about the state that our country is in right now. And you know, a lot of times, it's, we, we fight often against even being carried. I remember the Lord gave me a message on that a long time ago. A lot of times our pride and our arrogance as, as people, sometimes it's so ingrained in us, we don't even know it's there. We don't even like to be carried. We don't even like it. You know, it's like, I'm strong enough, I can do it on my own. And, and then the Lord revealed to this, you know, and I know it's just a story. I know it's just a, you know, a thing that we hang on there and it's inspirational. But I was thinking about that and I was thinking that sometimes the best thing to happen to us is to be carried. That's the best possible thing for you is just to be carried. We like to walk on our own two feet and know that the Lord is beside us the whole time. We like that. We like that scenario. There have been all kinds of there's all kinds of information out now about what's going to happen up to January 20th. You know, will the inauguration take place? Is this really going to happen? All these things are, 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 are coming to a close. And whether whatever side of the story that you're on, 
Let me just put it that way. Regardless, sometimes we've got to turn loose of the predictable and just let him carry us. And it's scary, and it feels unnatural. And sometimes we have to set aside that even the idea that we're even being carried. But some, a lot of times for Christians, the best thing to do is to allow the Lord to carry you. And it's usually when things are the roughest, and they are the toughest, and they are the most difficult that we need carried. And so, to give you an example, recently, you know, I made some commitments to myself not resolutions. I made some commitments. I laid some. I done. I think it was last week. Made. Yeah, it was. It was last Wednesday. I think it was. I laid some weights off. Talk about laying, casting aside weights. But really, if you want to call it, you can call it whatever you want. I didn't title it as a New Year's resolution. I readjusted some things in my life in order to get a clear view of the Lord, so I could see Him correctly. And so I took some weights and I began to throw them off. I begin to kick them off to the side. And I begin to readjust my life a bit. I begin to, um, to, to try by my, my utmost best to not be distracted by things that are distracting. And often I have been guilty of letting things into my world that distract me. And even though they are of good, uh, good intent, even though they have good material laced with them, even though there's some of the information I need to know, I knew it was, it was imperative that there were things in my life that I had to cut off and I had to get them out of my life. And I wouldn't even tell you they weren't, even, they weren't sinful by definition. They weren't sinful. They were just simply distracting. And I've always looked at things so black and white. I've always looked at things as, as uh, saying, well, if it's not sin then it's okay. But I have found out that it may not be titled sin, and it may not look like sin, it may not even be sin, but if it distracts you, and if it pulls you away, and if it takes away from your, your relationship with the Father, then it's something you may want to consider moving to the side, to whatever capacity that is, to whatever, whatever extent that it is, because if we do believe that we are living in the end times, if that is the, do we believe that? If indeed we are living in the last days, if that is the case, then it should be uh, of, of no consequence at all to move aside whatever it takes to be able to see him clearly. Now, you've heard me talk on it before, and I'm going to say this, and then we'll move on with the lesson. Heaven and hell is at stake. And I am, as an individual, I'm motivated by the prospect, at the prospect, that I'm lukewarm and not where I need to be with the Lord. I'm, that motivates me. Don't need to be there. Don't need to be there. I need to be over here. Need to be hot. Need to be more fervent for the Lord. And I think that we've all done those kind of evaluations before. But if we do believe that the Lord is coming soon, if we do believe that his, his return is, is imminent, then I think that for me, as it, for me, for me, I've got to get every, give everything I got, and I got to move some things to the side. I got to get, I got to take the load, and I got to, it's got to get looser, and it's got to get more weight free. That way, I can see him clearly. There's too many distractions. So, I, uh, I was, <laughs> my wife and I were talking about the stuff that we've been seeing coming through the web, and 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 information going back and forth, and I'm seeing Christians that are angry at each other. They're mad at each other. And you said this, you should have did this, and you should have did that. See, Christians angry at each other. <laughs> I told her, I told her after uh after what well, it was after the uh the electoral college thing, every Christian Christians were just upset, pointing at each other, saying, You told me this and you told me that. I said, Now look, there the what where is the unification? When do we when are we actually going to come together and lay the weights aside? When are we going to lay the weights down and say, I just need you. I just need you. And we know that, you know, sometimes government, it doesn't work out the way that we want it to. Things, they don't always do what we want. But I serve a God that never changes. He's always the same. And I can go to him in prayer 
and I can seek his face, and I know that I'm going to get the same, and, and I don't want to use this term too loosely, but I'm going to get the same product every time I pray. Every time I seek his face, I'm going to get peace. I'm going to get it. You don't always know what you're going to get when you vote. They may go your way, they may not. But praise God, I can go to a God that's always consistent, day in and day out. So I'm going to take you guys to Psalms. I think you guys will enjoy these scriptures. Psalms 119. So last week, we, we talked a little bit about laying off the weights. Putting aside things that, that, that weigh us down. Putting aside burdens. So we need a, a heading. So what do we do as the church? We step, uh, like I said, you know, we, you, when, you, when, the, when the spirit is, is here, you, you've got you to gotta recognize who it is that's there. And, and, and believe me, God is still working. Amen. He's still working. God is still working in our country. He's still working in the church. He's definitely working in the church. But God is still moving. He's still doing things. So after all of this stuff, you know, there were some things that I needed some, I needed some direction. I just said, okay, you know, I'm laying off these weights. Now we're going to pick some new stuff up. I need some confirmation on some things. And, and these scriptures come, uh, come out of me and stood at me, and I want to share them with you. In verse 97 of Psalms 119, He says, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You've heard this question before. If you've, been in, if you've listened, been in services, you've heard messages about love. Good, good, fantastic messages. Pastors are preaching good messages on love. I've done some teachings and different things on love. We've talked about love in here quite often and how, uh, what a valuable thing it is. Now, you looked at that, that word love again. We were talking about this last week, but... Oh, how I love your law. Your law. Now, in the context, I understand it's talking about the law, the, the law that God had placed for them to be able to look at and to give them guidance and direction. The law pointed to sin. But for you and me, the law is God's word and it's his ways. It's the things that he's put before us that are who he is. His ways define him. So when you read the word of God, you see him. That's what you see. And so everything about him should be something that we love, especially if you're talking about being in love with him because there, there's, there, there isn't just this I know you, you know me type relationship. It's not the kind of relationship that God wants. He desires an intimate relationship with his children. That's what he wants. And so when we start talking about love and saying, well, I love God, which is an, a thing that we often say. But we also look in God's word and we find out that we really don't love God as much as we think we do if we are not fully committed to loving his ways. They define him. They're who he is. And so 97 says, I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. I love your law. And so the question that come to me, I'm not posing this question to you. I'm not even going to ask you. I ask myself. Where's your love? And do you love his ways? And that challenges me. Do I love your ways? Do I, do I love, um, do, I, do I love it when you back me into, a, allow my situation to be backed into a corner where you have to carry me? That could be his ways. Am I okay with that? Am I okay when things are not Everything that I want them to be, am I, am I still in love with you? And am I still in love with your ways? Am I okay when I sit here and in in listen to a message from the pastor and he says something that penetrates my heart and I know I'm in the wrong? Am I okay with that? Am I okay with listening to those messages week after week, time after time? Am I okay with with letting this heart get beat up for the sake of the Lord. Am I okay with that? Because then it's, it's at those times when we, when we don't 
we don't get our way and, and things aren't the way that we want them to be. And it really is, maybe it is tough in your life right now and it's bad and, and very difficult emotionally and mentally. And it's, you are wondering, where is this thing even going? I think at that point is when we find out where our love is really at. Because if we're, if we're not in love with his law, then we're not really in love with him the way that we think we are. We may need to recheck where we're even going with this. Because it all comes down to what you love. And do you love him? And do you love his ways? He said, I, I love your law. It's my meditation. It's what I think about. It's what's on my mind all the time. 98 says, you, through your commandments, have made me wiser than my enemies. For they are ever with me. I love that statement. Because he's saying, he's saying, your commandments. Now, we just talked about it. We just said here in verse 97, we talked about the law. But he said, now it's the commandments. You said, your commandments have made me wiser than my enemies. And then he says something there that, that really, there's an implication. He's implying something here. He goes, he goes, for they're ever with me. Meaning, I can't get rid of them. Now, if there was, <clears throat> I mean, if there was anybody that you would think that would be, uh, I guess uh, qualified, you know, and I know David wrote most of this. I'm not sure if David wrote this exact one, but the the ones who seek the God, seek the Lord the most, and give most time to prayer and give most time to dedication. And you say, have you? Let me ask you this: Have you ever been in that position before, where you are reading and you are seeking God, but yet everything in your life still seems to be going in the wrong direction? So, Lord, what? Wait a second now. I thought that by praying, I've upped my prayer. I've come closer to you. Why is it that things have gotten more difficult? He said, your commandments have made me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. And so it not only answers uh, you know, a lot of questions that we could ask there, but it also gives the answer and the antidote to the problematic situation that we seem to always have with dealing with problems, dealing with a very real enemy that hates you? Are you dealing with an enemy that hates you tonight? He hates you. He wants to see you dead. He wants to completely take everything that God has done in your life and he wants to break it down. He wants it to be nothing. And so what is, what is the, what's the thing that we need to pay attention to? Well, looking at his word, he said, it's your commandments that have made me wiser than my enemies. Your commandments have... Helped me rise above the attacks. Your commandments. What you have told me. What you have given me. Haven't you ever went to God's word before and just said, Do you got a word for me today? Do you got something for me today? I need something. And I, don't, I've, I used to have a, <clears throat> we used to have this thing that sat on the, on the counter. <clears throat> You'd flip it, you know, to give you your daily word. And I just... You know, it wouldn't. It didn't mean that much to me. I thought, well, that's not. It's already pre-done. You know, that's not authentic. God would speak to me through that calendar every time. It seemed like the word was right for me. I said, thank you for that word. And do do we do we understand that we're not going to be exempt from the attacks, let alone an increase in possible attacks? Could things get harder for you and me as a Christian? Yeah. But do we know where to derive our wisdom from? Do we know where to go in order to get to the next place in our life? I don't know if our government is going to agree with the way that we do things. But I can assure you I'm not going to stop doing it. Amen. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And even though they may, they may try to take my right from me, and they may try to alter certain things, they may try to change certain things, the word tells me that it's his commandments that have made me more wise than them. Now, I'm not better than anybody, but through Christ I'm wiser, which takes me to a different place in him. I can rise above the situation. I can see things from God's point of view. Sometimes that's exactly what you and I need. And, and lately, that's exactly what I've needed. So God, give me your perspective. Let me see things the way you see them. 
Not the way I see them. I'm, I'm looking at it like I've got to have it this way and this way. God, please, please do this for me. Make this work out. But if it doesn't, then where does that leave us? Where does that leave me? If that's the only thing that I'm holding on to, I've got to be holding on to something more than just people and government. Commandments. Make me wiser. Verse 99 says, I have more understanding than all my teachers for your testimonies are my meditation. He speaks of meditation there again. Verse 100, I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. And he's going back to, when he says precepts there, he's referring back to the law again. He said, I keep your law. I keep it. I'm talking about some pretty fundamental things uh, tonight. But when you look at what he's talking about here, he's talking about the commandments. He's talking about, uh, he said, I've got more understanding, and that's directly correlated to the commandments. I've got understanding. I get it. Haven't you ever opened God's word and him begin to speak to you and it explained to you in detail certain events in your life? Gave you direction. Never seen that before. You ever said that? I've never seen it that way before. That makes perfect sense. Understanding. I get it now. Now, will you have every question answered? No. No, I, I'm a pretty big question answer <clears throat> asker. And I, I always think that God's going to give me answers to all those. And he's given me answers to a lot of them. But a lot of them I've never gotten answers for. But that doesn't mean God is any less. That we trust him the more. Well, we don't have those answers. I would say, now I don't know about you, I've got more questions than I do answers right now. I've got more questions than I do answers about our country. I've got more questions about uh, than, than answers about some of the things that I've heard, some of the things that have been said. So basically, I wish people wouldn't say some things sometimes. You hold on to things. And I sure like to believe that. Sometimes I wish people wouldn't say anything at all. And we could just trust, let's just trust the Lord, okay? <laughs> let's just trust him. And let's just leave it at that. Just in purest form, let's just trust God and see where this thing goes. And then just and just believe. Just believe. But he's saying, he said, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my, my meditation. I understand more than my, the ancients because I keep your precepts, your law. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep your word. Why? Why? Can't you keep the word? Can't you keep the word and still be able to entertain the evil? No, of course not. And so this is where I got some heading. Heading. Where are we going? Where is the church going from this point? I guess, I guess if you want to look at it from a date, from a date, where does the church go after January 20th? On January 21st, what direction? What's the heading? Well, just going off of some things that God has dealt with me about. And I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to say, thus saith the Lord. I'm not, going to say, I'm not going to do that. I'm simply going to say this. If you look at verse 101. He said, I've refrained my foot from every evil way that I might keep your word. You want to keep God's word? Then the church has got to go back and reevaluate evil. And what is evil? And what is good? You've got to reevaluate. And begin to commit ourselves to a lifestyle that, and we were talking about this last week, that hates evil. Pastor, we were just talking about this Sunday night. That hates evil. I'm not copying that, but it was in these words, and I said, that's God, you're still speaking that. I see that theme, that theme, that teaching. He said, I've refrained my foot from every evil. The church has got to come back to a place where there is no compromise. There's no compromise. What's the heading? The, the heading for the church is that it separates itself completely from anything that even looks evil. We got to get away from that. We got to get away from that. I got to get away from that. I got to back up from that. I got to get away from anything that's distracting, that's pulling me away, that's taking my time. We ain't got much time. Well, yeah, I mean, we all agree. You don't have much time, right? We don't have much time left. Whether it's by a natural death or whether the Lord is coming back and we don't 
we don't die a natural death. He just comes back and gets us. We don't have a lot of time. But I don't always act like somebody who's not got a lot of time. I'm being honest. I'm just being honest. I'm, sh- I'm, gonna, I'm sharing some things with you that have been on my heart. God has been on me. He's been dealing with me about these things. I don't always act like somebody who's running out of time. Sometimes I act like I've got all the time in the world. I pray like I've got all the time in the world. I read like I have all the time in the world. And yet, the world is falling apart around me. (laughs) I mean, we've got revelation-type stuff going on. And a lot of God's people, and I'm I'm just putting myself out there. I'm saying that we've got all of these things going on. But yet, I'm still allowing distractions to come between him and me. Like, well, maybe it'll, maybe it'll get better, and I can go back to being distracted again. And you heard me say this before, but I'm, and, and I think it's actually down here. There's another point on this. But actually, hold on just a second. I actually think it's, I'm going re- to read something to you. Actually, yeah, it's uh, back up to verse, uh, just look. You, you can mark your place. Look at verse uh, 67 of 119. I knew it was in there. I should remember. Verse 67 of, one, of Psalms 119, which is for me it was just a page over. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept your word. Verse 71 says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. You get the theme? He said, he said it's a good thing that I was afflicted. It's a good thing that I was I was bent or that I was hurt or that I was put in a compromising position or a situation. Thank God for that because because I was put there. I was able to learn his your ways and your statutes. Had it not happened, probably wouldn't have been taught the same way. I think the work I I think that we learn our best when we're in those type of situations. God's word proves it. He's, I'm glad that I've been afflicted. I'm glad to, I'm glad this thing happened this way because now I can see clearly what's in front of me. And so instead of, regardless of what happens later on in this month, we have to reevaluate our heading and our direction and, and truly ask ourselves, even if our government doesn't give it to us, are you okay with living that way? Even if they say... You know, it's a crime to do what you're doing. Are you okay with that? You say, well, no, I'm not okay with that. Well, look, people have been doing it through history. Are you and me okay with serving the Lord and, and being in a position or being in a place where it's not like we were expecting? It's not what we were wanting. There is something about uh, these scriptures, and, and you can go back over to your Scripture you know, 101, I think we're at 101, still there. When it says, I refrain my foot from every evil way that I might keep your word, uh, keeping his word, it's imperative that we understand that there's a holiness attached to that. We've been talking about this in here. We understand that there's holiness and righteousness attached to his word. It's nothing that you and I can do within ourselves. It's only God that provides and allows such things. But we know that the capability to actually follow God's word is not within ourselves. We simply come to him and say, here I am. And I'm messed up. I got baggage. I'm, I'm depressed. I'm broken. I've got this, just a heap load of stuff here. Here. Here it is. And God takes that and he uses it. He uses it. But it takes people that are willing to be separated from things that taint, taint. And this is not an, I'm not implying anything for anybody in here. This is the heading for the church. The church has got to come back. The church, the church has got to come back to a place where they want to separate themselves from all evil. Anything that looks, acts like, or is, is a part of things that could take them away from God. And I think that's, I think it's better to term it that way because a lot of times we don't look at it that way. Anything that separates you from him, I think that's the best way to put it. Because you have... I have a tendency to look at things a little bit differently when you tell me that. You just say evil ways. Well, when you say evil things, 
I've already got about four or five things in my mind that I don't do. And so by, because of that, I've already qualified myself to be okay. Well, I don't do drugs. And I don't fornicate. You see what I'm saying? We, we qualify. We'll self-qualify ourselves. We'll get about four or five. We'll check off a couple marks or a couple boxes. And we say, well, I'm good. I don't know. Are we really? I'm not saying that you're at sinning. I'm simply saying we've got to separate ourselves from the things that are pulling us away from him and keeping us distracted. He said in 102, he said, I have not departed from your judgments, for you have taught me. You ever have God teach you anything? I think, you know, it's one of the, the most beautiful times is when you're in a place with the Lord and he's teaching you himself. And, and we, we've said it before. I think we can all agree, and it usually comes in some of the worst times in our life, when things are at their hardest. Now, he's a great teacher in services. I mean, I, I get a lot of great things just sitting and, and learning from the Holy Spirit, listening to him teach. But there's something about, there's just something about the chips being down that's a good teacher. And I, and I think it's a question that we need to ask at times within ourselves is when we are not sure about the direction or the heading about where we're going, is we say, what are you trying to teach me? Because he's always teaching, all the time. There's never a time that he's not in teaching mode. He's ready to teach. It, it just depends on if we're ready to learn. So he's teaching. So what are you, what are you teaching me? What can I learn from this? He said, I, I work all things together for good, to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. You believe that, right? Amen. He said, I'll work all things together for good. You think, how's that possible? Now, people go through some rough stuff. Some of you here have been through some awful situations. It doesn't, it's not a denial. It's not a denial of, of the situations. It's not a denial of pain. It's, a, it's an exclamation point on his sovereignty and his ability to breathe life in goodness back into a situation that made a God off a long time ago. God has that ability to do that. You and I don't. We don't have that ability. Now, I'd rather not make it there. I'd rather not be in that kind of situation. I mean, if, you, if I was choosing, I would say I don't even want to go there. I don't want to have to be broken down to where you have to teach me when I'm laying on the ground. But thank you that you're willing to do that. Thank you that you're willing to pick me up and breathe life into me and make all things work together for my good. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. What is he teaching you right now? Right now, through everything that's happened in our country, everything that's, I mean, push some, push, push some of the distractions aside. What has he taught you? And I want, so, I want some of you to weigh in. On this, what has he taught you in this? I, I told I, I told Misty we moved in February. Was it February or March? My, uh, March of last year. We're coming up on that anniversary. I said, man, it does not feel like it's been a year. It's coming up on it quick. And I'd say about the time that COVID hit, everything changed in our country. And there were a lot of I would say checkpoints that we've had as a church, checkpoints that I've had as an individual. And I could talk quite a bit about that, but I want to—I want to hear from you. What have you learned? What has the Lord taught you this last year? To surrender. Surrender. That's good. Giving it all to Him. Good. What else? What have you been taught? <coughs> That's good, Pastor. A lot of distractions that uh, you're not careful, you take your eyes off the Lord. Real important, but we just we stay focused, keep our eyes on Jesus. That's good. Anyone else? Trust. Trust. That's good. I don't say peace that passes all understanding. Peace. Oh, that's a good one. I think every one of you learned something. And, 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 and possibly, I mean, if, 
there's been so many things that have happened, it's hard to really, you know, probably remember everything. But God is constantly in teaching mode. He's teaching us. He's taught us some things about what we've been through. And I'll never forget those. I'll never forget them. There, was, there were things that I had learned five, six, seven years ago and went through some things that helped me get through 2020 of understanding. I understand what fire looks like. I understand what, what, this, what it feels like to be, you know, feeling like you're hemmed up, praying and feeling, ding, ding. Where are you at? Well, I don't understand. I don't feel your presence like I normally do. Where are you at? Learn to trust that he's there and he's in control. So there's this, and I want to say that about one, uh, verse 102, about him teaching us in the value of his teaching. Because without him teaching us and without those lessons, um, we're not able to move forward properly. I, th I, think you gotta, I think you do need to reflect at times. I, mean, I think you need to reflect on what you've been taught. Uh, at time, maybe even writing it down about what God has shown you and what he's revealed to you, how he's, how he's changed your perspective. I've had my perspective changed quite dramatically and drastically over this year and, and see things differently from different angles. I didn't look at it that way before. My heart was kind of hard, hard before. I see things a bit differently now. I'm a little more, more compassion. Compassion? Anybody for Compassion? seeing God's word all over the place. Love and compassion for people and their situations and being able to reach out and feel that situation even though I'm not there and I'm not in it. Church is in need. Right now the church is in need of a lot of love and compassion. Not for itself, but for each other. I believe it's one of the, one of the prime components for pressing forward and getting our heading is learning how to love properly. Now, I'm not going to go into all that, but I, I truly believe that's one of the, the things that the church has, has got to come back to is, is um, loving each other properly and loving the Lord properly. You, if you don't get the love factor right, then you could just forget about anything else. There, there's nothing. There, there'll, there'll be no gifts of the Spirit. There'll be, no, there'll be no revivals. There'll be nothing. If you can't love properly, if, you can't, if we cannot figure out how to love each other right and we can't figure out how to love the Lord correctly, then you can just forget about anything. Because I hear a lot of people talk about that. They said the Lord is going to do a great move in 2021. I said they better figure the love factor out. Because they're all over the web just hammering each other. Saying, calling each other all kinds of names. You should have, you prophesied incorrectly. And you said this incorrectly. You shouldn't have said that. And you shouldn't have said this. I'm like, oh my goodness. Let's reel it back. And let's get back a hold of love. Love, uh, once again. Okay, and then starting to finish up here. Um, verse uh, 103 says, How sweet are your words unto my taste, your words, what he has said. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. And it goes back to what we were saying Sunday night, and Pastor, you talked about that. I hate every false way. I don't like false ways, which means what? Which means you become a lover of truth. You love the truth, and I think that's that's a that's another uh, component to heading in direction. Is the church has got to come back to loving truth again. Got to love it. Got to fall in love with it. I love truth, even though it may hurt me, even though it may cut me, even though it may break me down. And well, how, how do I put this? Might embarrass me. Well, let me ask this question. And I think this is a good, this is a question I ask myself. Am I willing to be embarrassed for the Lord's sake? Am I willing to be embarrassed for the Lord's sake? The Lord would never embarrass you. He wouldn't do that to you. But would I be willing to embarrass myself for the sake of the Lord? I had to think about that one. Because so often we don't, we don't like the idea of ever being embarrassed. Having to step out of our box, having to do things, having sometimes um, people feel that failure is an embarrassment, and so they'll never try it because they're so afraid to fail. Because they're afraid if they do fail, it'll be embarrassing. Everybody will see me. And I'm simply saying that I 
I've, I've struggled with that at times, is reaching out there and being able to walk the line so close between uh, being okay with being embarrassed. Because I think if we can do that, I think if you, are, if you can walk that line and be willing to fall over that at any given moment, then I think that we're able to strive closer to the Lord. I think we're able to get there. But if you're always protecting ego, if we're always protecting ourselves, if we're, if we're constantly covering up and being afraid to step away, step out, try something new, try something different, if we're, we, we might be protecting self. We might be protecting ourselves. Not allowing ourselves to get into that place that's broken. Because when you're, you know the way it feels when you're broken. You seek the Lord, and when you're broken, you could care less about what anyone else thinks. I've noticed that with me. I've been there before. I've been in that broken place with God, and I remember what it felt like. It's, it's etched clearly in my mind and my heart. I did not care what anyone else thought. I didn't care if you thought about me being at the altar crying. I didn't care. I didn't care if you heard me speak in tongues. I didn't, that didn't bother me. It didn't bother me if you see me on the street and I witness to somebody. It didn't bother me. But if you get out of that groove and you get out of doing that, then over time we start to protect those feelings again. It's like, I don't know. I don't, that may not be a good time. I think, you know, I go back and, I, you know, you might start thinking, you know, as far as time's concerned, I hold my wrist up like I got a watch on. But, you know, you think about time and then I, you start to ask yourself, when was the last time I pushed the spiritual limits? When? When was the last time I did that? When was the last time I told the Lord I was coming after him? I'm coming after you. I'm going to come after you and I'm going to get you. I'm going to get a hold of you in a way that I've, I haven't ever before. I'm going to get a hold of you. I'm coming. I'm just letting you know I'm coming after you. When was the last time that the church pushed its spiritual limits? And really ask the hard questions about where we are really at in our condition with the Lord. He said, I hate every false way. I don't like false ways. I want to fall in love with truth. We want to be truth lovers. And in, and in the finality of this, in verse 105, says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How many of you know that scripture? Amen. I love that scripture. It's such a beautiful scripture. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, <clears throat> heading in direction. How do we get there? How do we move forward? You need a light. Light comes from a lamp. It's right here. And it's not just the fact that we read the words. It's the understanding and the wisdom that is within the pages of these words that actually get us from point A to point B. And it's, it's, it's not just in... And I've, I've, in my own personal life, I've, uh, I said it's not good enough. It's not good enough just to get up in the morning. I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about you. I said it's not good enough just to get up in the morning and read a chapter. No. I want to feel it. I want to feel it. I want to read with some fervency. And I want to know when I get up from that couch or get up from that table that I have communed with you. I want to know it. I've been there. I've been there before. I know what that feels like. And I said... I want to learn from you. I want you to teach me. But in order to be taught, we gotta we got to turn loose of thinking that we already understand and know everything. And sometimes that means we might have to confess some things and admit some things. And I didn't remember. I didn't say that you were sinning. I didn't say that you were had sin in your life. Simply the things that are pulling us away from him. We, it's impossible to get a clear heading. We are constantly engrossed in other things. It's impossible. We can't ever get a heading. We'll never be able to go in the direction that God has planned for us if we are constantly carrying around weights and distractions. And so my encouragement uh, to you tonight is that verse, your word, your word lights the way. Your word is a lamp unto me. Nothing else. Nothing else. I don't need, I don't need you. I don't need my, my government to agree with me. I just need the word of God. I don't need anyone else to light my way. I simply need the word of God to light my way. I need to walk in the ways of the spirit and not the ways of man. Would you stand?
wanted to share those uh, scriptures with you tonight. Those are some scriptures that God has given to me for the for the lesson tonight, but they were they were right on target with the things that God has been dealing with me about in the direction and the heading that we are going. Because it always starts the church makes up the church makes up of people, and it always starts with an individual. It starts with one individual and the decisions that we make ourselves, and getting that clear view should be of the utmost importance to you and me. The utmost importance. I got, I got a business to run. I got all kinds of things that are going on. But those pale. They pale in comparison to the work that God has for us. So I'm encouraged. When I read those scriptures, I'm, I'm encouraged because I'm like, there it is right there. I feel like I almost got a bit of a map. <laughs> I got a bit of a map in front of me. I can see it. There it is. Now, God, I'm going to go for you. And we'll cut these weights off, and we're going to come your direction. We're going to see what you've got going in your kingdom for 2021. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for letting us gather here tonight. And Father God, for the ones that are watching at home, Father God, I just thank you, God, for the ones that gather, Lord God, the ones that are seeking you. Father, my desire, my prayer, Father God, is that we seek you more, and we seek you more fervently. And God, that we lay off the weights, and we lay off the distractions. And God, if we're hindered by anything, if we're hindered, if something is hurting us, and pulling us down, God, that we are not too proud to confess that we need help. We need extra prayer. That we need someone to support us and to lift us up and to encourage us. Father God, I pray that we're not too proud to step out of self. Father, I pray your strength upon the people of Rock Harbor Church. Father, this church has been through so much this year, Lord. I pray, God, that you touch this church, Lord God. Touch our pastor and his wife. Father God, I pray continued strength and encouragement in their direction. Father God, they be encouraged and lifted up, Lord. I pray for a healing in Judy's foot. Father, we just take authority over that foot in Jesus' name. We take authority over that situation, Lord. I ask you to touch your foot with healing power. And Father, I pray your anointing, God, upon our pastor and his wife, Lord, and the continued touch, Lord, upon the church and the people, Lord God. I pray that you minister to the people and give us boldness. God, to stand firm in our ways with you, God, and, and firm, Lord God, upon your word and the things that you've spoken. Thank you, God, for letting us gather here, Father. Let us never take it for granted the things that you've given and done for us, Father, the times that you've worked behind the scenes, and we never knew it. Thank you for that. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you tonight. Appreciate your attentiveness. Uh, Pastor, we have any announcements? Yes, uh, Stephanie's mother's funeral Friday at 2 o'clock. Pastor Ray Cemetery, Lakeside, and also we need some help. God provides some help for the meal Friday. Okay, absolutely. Everybody gets in there, it should be appreciated. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. You guys heard that. If anyone can help out with that, that'd be fantastic. Uh, Misty, anything? Also, anybody knows Karen Carroll, her service is at 11 o'clock. Friday, I've got both of them, so please pray for me too. Yes. Uh, anyway, okay. Remember our pastor in that situation. Very demanding. Okay. If nothing else, you're dismissed tonight. God bless you.